With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of The Hangover. You might see that Tony Defio is not here. He is on assignment. On personal assignment is Shannon White. So I went to the closer. I went to the bullpen. I called out feelers. And not only did I get a replacement, I got a superstar replacement. When Jefferson Hartman is in the house. What is up? Doing double duty today. Yeah, what's going on? It's uh, I filled in for you, I think, uh, around the holiday season yes. for yes. Uh, the hangover. It was my first time being on the show, second time back. Uh, I'm excited for it. And coming into that music, I, I think that's some of the best music here on the network. So, Jerry uh, Cherry, for sure. Yeah, worst looking man. That's that's one of my favorites. So, Speak Jeff, yourself. Well, I, your your stuff's pretty good. Well, you just <laughs> you bogarted all the music first, and then we got we got the other stuff. What uh, can I say? Lots of stuff going on here in Steeler Nation. Lots of stuff to talk about, as always. It doesn't matter if it's the offseason. It doesn't matter if there was a Pro Bowl yesterday, which I know no, it wasn't the game, but it was the festivities. And I know Jeff Hartman was glued to that, so I don't want to bore him talking about that. I don't want to bore any of you talking about that. So we're not talking Pro Bowl, but I do have to bring up one thing from the Pro Bowl weekend. The Steelers put this out here, and it's a picture, because it was in Vegas, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of Cam Hayward, with the blue man group. <laughs> and I it saw like that. That was really weird. That was really strange. I was like, what in the hell is going on out there? And <laughs> Miles Garrett dislocated a toe, which I was kind of excited about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm getting these updates on my phone. I'm, I'm out in the backyard hitting golf balls with my kids, if I'm being honest with what I was doing during the Pro Bowl. And uh, all of a sudden, my phone buzzes, and I look down, and it says that 
Jalen Ramsey tackles Tyreek Hill. And I'm like, what is it's a flag football game? What is going on? I still haven't seen the highlights yet, but I, it sounds like it was eventful. We'll put it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check those out too. Senior bowl was over the weekend. Hey, yep. check out the fix tomorrow. You know, Jeremy Betts and you know, Andrew Wilbar, those guys are covering that like crazy. They're going to, uh, you know, harken back to their interview with Jim Nagy. So that's something to definitely check out tomorrow on. The I network. watched more of that than I did any of the Pro Bowl festivities. I watched a good set the, the good second half of that. Cause uh, I had two players from my alma mater from Shepherd university were in the senior bowl this year. And so I wanted to check them out. So I actually tuned into that. I'm actually friendly with the uh, head coach, Ernie Cook, Ernie McCook, excuse Ernie me. McCook. So for Monty Cater, the legend of Monty Cater. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Ernie's, uh, you know, I can always get Ernie on the show. He's uh I'm not sure if he's a Ravens fan or a Steelers fan, though. I think well, but he's got to talk about two players that were at the Senior Bowl, a tackle and a quarterback, who were invited for a reason. They're not bad players. Could be getting drafted, so keep that in mind. All right, I'm giving him a call. So, uh, <laughs> Jeff, we, we do need to get into the topic at hand. And before I do that, I've got to promote one of the best interviews I've heard in a long time. Anytime you get Jim Wexel on the show, and this is the second time you've had him on, Jeff, phenomenal yeah. go head back and listen to let's ride that came out this morning i got that book for my birthday i'm not through it yet and it's only because i don't have time <laughs> right i get it i get it it's but it's a great read and it's actually a quick read uh for those that are like oh man because if you got the palomalu book uh was phenomenal that jim wrote that's when i had him on last off season uh, but it, it's a long book and it talks about his childhood all the way through his career when he retires and this book is, is broken up a lot more. Uh, if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of time, you can just pick it up, read a section, put it down, pick it up again. Just Jim does a great job of kind of setting the stage in the written word. I, I don't know too many people that do it as well as he does. And he's always fun to have on the podcast. He gives so much insight. He's a straight shooter. Uh, the way he talked about Omar Khan, if you've listened to the podcast and he knows him personally, and it was like, well... He kind of fired some shots at Omar when he was hired, and he's like, I'm sure he's going to use it as motivation. I love it. It was a great interview. Go back and check it out. Um, my favorite answer was his answer when I asked him what Art Rooney II is like. So go check it out. I'm not going to tell you great. what it is, but just go check it out. I am going to uh, tell you this. I'm more of a fanboy of a guy like that who knows all this stuff about the yeah. draft and the inside stuff because, you know, I, I'm a nostalgic guy. Oh, yeah. And so if you – gave me an opportunity to interview him or to interview Kendrick green. I'm like, Hey, give me I mean, actually even Kenny Pickett, even Kenny Pickett. Oh, now Brian, yeah. Brian, come on. The quarterback of the team, like Jim's great and all, but I'm not turning down. Kenny no, okay. No, Jim, okay. have caught. Let's change it. Have coffee with. Oh, have have a drink with. With. I got talked about an interview for a podcast. Like, why would yeah. you choose Jim Wex over Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett's a huge guest. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? No, but I want to go. If I'm going to go to uh, Permanis or Applebee's with a guy, I'd rather go with him. Oh, with yeah. He would, he would be able to tell some great stories. Uh, people forget Wexel was kicked out of the locker room uh, two years ago uh, for some shenanigans that happened. I'm not going to get into that, but still, he is a he's a unique guy. I love I love talking to Jim. Something he said on the interview, and it goes into our topic of discussion today, is bringing in guys. And I never thought of it this way, how there is such a locker room dyna dynamic, Jeff, that if they're going to bring in a guy that's going to make money, it's not going to be more than what, 
but it would be uh, if it's closer on part of what Cam's making, they got to respect them. So one of the guys that they mentioned would be a Tremaine Edmonds because of not because it's Tremaine Edmonds, but because it's the brother of Terrell because they respect him so much. And the fact that that's a very good player with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is a dynamic that he brought up a great point. He, when he, when Jim said, Omar used to be Omar Khan. He's talking about the general manager. He used to be the guy that they'd have to say, well, we got to run it by Omar, you know, stuff like that. Well, now Omar's the guy calling the shots. And so he's able to look at these contracts and say, how can we bring in a Tremaine Edmonds? If that's the route they wanted to take, how can they bring him in without upsetting the apple cart, so to speak? How can they move money around? Cause really like when you think about it, all these athletes, they want the prestige of being the highest paid. And now it's the most guaranteed. I mean, look at what Lamar Jackson's turning down in Baltimore. Why? Because of the flipping Deshaun Watson contract in Cleveland. He wants more guaranteed money. Why? So he can say that he is getting the most guaranteed money in the NFL. It's all about clout. I get it. So I think Omar Khan being the numbers guy already, he's going to have a really good feel for what that's going to look like. And uh, it wasn't interesting. The dynamic of the locker room, you have to wonder what it's... It, I got to think about Antonio Brown, you know, when Antonio Brown got that contract, what, what, what happened afterwards? Remember Brian? Uh, Nonsense with Brian Clark. Same day. Same day. Exactly. He, he went after coach dad. That's Dick LeBeau. If you don't know who that is, (laughs) I know you know that, but I'm letting everybody know you go after coach dad. And my favorite part of that is Palomalu wanted to go after him. And Ryan Clark says, wait a second. I'm more expendable than you. And that's, awesome locker room dynamic because we can't we we can't get you suspended but if i get suspended for going after him team's fine that's a team player jeff i love it if troy goes after him think about what he's doing i mean troy doesn't go after anybody i mean that guy's one of the more calm and you know even keeled demeanor guys that's in recent steelers memory and if he's going after a guy they must have done something pretty bad but still to get back to the point at hand i mean it's a good topic of discussion when it comes to when you bring in these free agents how are you going to manipulate the money so that it doesn't upset the other players on the team and what they're getting and we know and uh, Wexler talked about this too this is the guy to do it because he doesn't have to go to the general manager he doesn't have to go to anybody else he is the general manager and that's why they brought in Andy Weidel too so it's a fantastic team I'm really excited when I say team, the the general managers, those two combined with the assistant general managers. You got Sheldon White in there. There's a lot of people, but as you said, Mike Tomlin is the ultimate decision maker there, and that's great to know. So when we talk about Mike Tomlin making decisions and Omar Khan too, that's what we're going to look at today, and it's called long-term versus short-term. Really, I want to go through we're at least going to go through the offense, probably the defense, but pick up a couple of guys at each position that we think are second contract guys. Okay. And, and Hey, it doesn't even have to be, they don't have to be up for the contract. Now it's, it's really easy to go ahead. You're throwing out Kenny Pickett and the hope is that he's a second contract guy. Do you foresee him being one Jeff? The only, let me preface it with this. The only way I would say that he isn't is if injuries are the reason, if that makes sense. So if Kenny Pickett's concussion history gets worse 
and he's unable to remain healthy. And the Steelers have legitimate concerns about his long-term health. I think that's the only reason, uh, or uh, obviously a catastrophic injury, which means he couldn't play anymore. I think that, yes, he is a second contract guy. Yeah, and you know what? We can say that about all of these guys because when we get to uh, Patty Fryermuth, it's the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Uh, possibly. But what I'm going to look at is if we're forecasting their play even more and what you think they, what you've seen so far just from one year, what you would see from a guy like that if you would co- go ahead and forecast him to be the guy that's getting a second deal. I, I think he is. I, I honestly think he is. Is he a finished product? Is he perfect? No, but l- look around the NFL. And I ask myself, you know, compare him to someone like a Derek Carr. Would I rather have Kenny Pickett or Derek Carr right now? I'd rather have Kenny Pickett. Derek Carr has been, what has he proven? You know, I mean, it's one of those situations where I, th- I still think Kenny Pickett proved enough that, after his rookie contracts up, they're going to want to keep him around. So I, I, after one year, it is difficult, but if I'm going to predict right now, I say yes, second contract. All right. So this is a real interesting one because it's the running back position and it's Najee Harris. And we know we can go back to 2007 and you know, the name, I'll let you oh, say yeah. the name for Haynes, the last guy, the last running back to get a second contract with this yeah. team. So that's absolute. I mean, and look at the guys that have been here since then. Now, Le'Veon Bell, they tried to give him a second contract, yeah. but that was, there was a lot of character issues to go with that. And uh, a lot of regret from what it seems from Le'Veon Bell, if you read between some of the lines there. But let's look at Najee with, uh, you know, just e- wait, week eight, Jeff. You know, after that blowout, to the Philadelphia Eagles, it seemed like people were done with Najee Harris. I didn't think the team was, but people, fans were seemed done. And man, that post game show was brutal. And half of the things we read from on the live chat where all he's doing is dancing. He's, uh, you know, shucking and jiving a little bit more than going through the hole. And we know that there was a uh, injury that he was still trying to get through with that possible Liz Frank what they were talking about. So what's your thoughts on him? Even if you just take the second half of the season or the entire season into thought. Well, you know, one thing that sticks out with Najee Harris injuries aside, and I'll try to remember that going forward. It's tough, but I'll try to remember that going. Yeah, I get it. Injuries aside. I don't know why it took the Steelers up until not just the second half of the season. We're talking the final two to three games where they finally realized, Oh, wow. I forgot that Najee Harris can catch the football too. And they started to utilize him in that way. He's more of a dual threat back than people want to give him credit for. And I'm not saying he has the hands of Le'Veon Bell where Le'Veon Bell could say, you know, call me, give me a wide receiver two money, all that stuff. I'm not suggesting that, but I think that Najee Harris and the reason why I'm going to say yes to a second contract and he would be the, the second since yes, Veron Haynes, the Georgia bulldog number 34 I'm going to say is the reason why is actually Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren is going to be the reason why they're going to keep Najee Harris around. Cause they're, I don't think they're going to have to run the wheels off him as Mike Tomlin likes to do with a bell cow back. They showed that they're willing to do that last season. I see Jalen Warren sticking around. So I'm going to say yes with Najee Harris. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really think that uh, he can go ahead and uh, break that trend. I know it's been 16. It'll uh, Well, actually, by that time, it'll be close to 20 years Yeah, when he's looking at a, a new deal. Yeah, he was 
uh, draft pick in 21. So it'll be in 2016, probably. So yeah, we'll be looking at uh, the possibility of that. Now, I'm not uh, saying that they're they're not going to do that, but I thought when they went ahead and picked him up and drafted him that they were looking at him being a Jerome Bettis, being a Franco Harris, being a career guy, that when you have Art Rooney too saying, we're going to get back to basics and we are going to get back to running the ball, he did. They went out and got Najee Harris. They went out and got Pat Fryermuth and Pat Fryermuth, Yes, he's a tight end, and he's mainly known for catching the football, but a tight end does blocking, too. So he's he's has that dual role. And then they went for Kendrick Green. Was that a mistake? Did that not work? Yeah, no, it didn't work. And we know that. But they still made the effort, so they were really looking at the running back position, and they realized, I think, in the last half of this season, Jeff, that they could really win games by running the football. And that's one of the reasons they went seven and two. It's going to be a situation with Najee Harris, in my opinion, where they're going to have to continue to lighten the load. They're going to have the fifth year option. He's going into year three. If they continue to do what they did with Jalen Warren, which is why I suggested that, then I think he'll still be fresh. He'll still be healthy. But if all of a sudden, in let's say the last three years, that's assuming they pick up his fifth-year option, they start to increase the workload and go back to the way it was in his rookie year, then I would change this to no. Because I think that then they would have beat the hell out of him, so to speak. And he wouldn't wouldn't be worth that second contract. So I'm banking on Jalen Warren really helping out in this scenario. One last question about Najee Harris. Uh, a lot of people said just barely getting a thousand yards or a thousand yard season with an extra game is not the same. And I disagree. I think that is still a milestone because running backs aren't expected to really start 17 games in this day and age. So do you still think a 1000 yard milestone is a big deal? Yeah, I, th- I think it is as the floor statistical floor for a running back. So for a running back, if you were to say uh, he didn't get to a thousand, then you're kind of wondering how many games did he play? He played in all of them. You're like, oh, geez, I don't know. But he did. He got to that mile, and he was injured early in the season. He was able to play through it, but he still was able to get through that. I think it is still important. I I think it's expected. That's a change in philosophy for a lot of people that you almost expect them to have a thousand yards. But ultimately, uh, I think it's still a big deal. All right, let's go super chat here. We haven't had a super chat in a long time on the hangover so since the season so i'm excited meet whip 21 and that's is that euros yes he even says you it know in the I'm, comment. I'm bad with it oh there we go yeah i <laughs> i had already read it 555 before i go to bed here i wanted to leave a few euros in your piggy bank and by the way pimp the trenches for another super bowl run smiley face sunshiny emoji yeah man. So thank you so much meet whip meet whip one of the best names we have. Yeah. <laughs> they need to fortify the trenches. I mean, then and how they do that's going to be interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about some linemen. Uh, Let's do it now. Today. Okay, go for it. It's you know we uh, we always leave the linemen for last. I don't think that's fair. So let's do it now. We're going to do this one a little bit different, though. There's uh, five guys on that offensive line. We know Chooks already is on his second contract, and you know by the time you get to. Uh, three years and he's an eight year vet. I mean, actually a seven year vet at that time, that might be a different uh, conversation. So I'm kind of leaving him out of it, but with the other four guys that are starting on that offensive line, 
who are the two you think would be here for another contract or maybe not even two? Okay. So you said not counting Chooks, right? Yeah, but we can ca- we can count those free agents. I'm going to say one. I think there's one at not counting Chooks, and that's James Daniels at right guard. I, I think that everyone else will play out their current deal and will likely be elsewhere afterwards. That's Dan Moore. That's Kevin Dotson. That's Mason Cole. So, uh, yeah, I, I think James Daniels is going to prove enough. And he, if he hasn't yet that, what did he sign? It was that a two or three year deal for him. You remember? It was a three year deal. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I think that he'll prove his worth and his versatility is great. And he's, I think he's a good leader. I think they keep him. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the only one I'm going to go with everyone else. I don't think so. What about you? You know what? I, uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. And here's the reason why, because I really think that uh, Mason Cohen, he's the old man of the line and he's only 27. And I think he could be around for another contract, but I really think there that he is a placeholder unless he becomes a, a Jeff Hardings. You know, I think he's that kind of guy that they're going, that center position is that position that they want to go ahead and draft. And I'm even thinking to the point, like, I'm, I keep spoiling, I keep spoiling the Wexel interview, but he he brought up John David Schmitz, and I knew it before you guys did <laughs> when he brought up the center from Minnesota. But yeah. I, you know, when he brought that up, yeah, they're going to want to bring in a center and I think develop them. And it's perfect to do that with Mason Cole here for, he might've been a two year guy. I, I, I cannot is. completely remember. I think he is too. I would not be shocked if uh, they go ahead and bring him back for another year. If the Steelers do not draft a center this year, if they wait until 24, I would think that uh, he might be a no brainer to bring back. Well, I think with Mason Cole, I wrote this article for the website today. Uh, Monday and it was thinking about how people forget that the versatility of Mason Cole very well might lead to them feeling like they can address the center position you wouldn't need to have that player let's say it's in the draft you wouldn't have to have that player start right away he's also able to play guard so you could have let's say Kevin Dotson is underwhelming you like the center you could have Mason Cole as your left guard like that's an option People forget that he can play other positions. So his versatility on the interior is attractive if they choose to go that route. You know what? I think I'm going to waver now. I think I'm going to bump it up to two and say that Mason gets another deal too. Okay. I still am sticking with my guns though. There you go. Let's go to, uh, we'll stay on the line, but uh, throwing that versatility of catching the football too. This is really interesting. The first one, it's, this is an easy one because he's coming up. And it's Mr. Gentry. So mm. what are your thoughts? Do you think he's that he's even coming back? Is that second deal? Is that coming right now? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless it's a ridiculously team-friendly deal. This would have to be a Terrell Edmonds type. I tested the market and I can't, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything at all. So uh, I, I don't think he does. What about you? This is a Matt Spath situation, and Matt Spath got a deal with the Chicago Bears way back in what, 2011 or uh, after the 2010 season. He ended up coming back with the Steelers after uh, he left for Chicago. But, uh, yeah, I really don't think they're going to because I'm excited. I mean, 
even though he's an H-back and there's could be some versatility to him, I really think uh, Connor Hayward is as good as a franchise guy right now if he plays well. Connor Hayward is weird though. When you think about what they're asking, um, what they're asking of him to do in terms of what they asked Zach Gentry to do. Zach Gentry was basically a glorified tight end. You know, the, the nipple guy, as they call him, where they come in and they're tackle eligible as they rub their chest. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> That's actually what, yeah. So, this might be the first time the word nipple has been used on the hangover. So well, definitely not the preview. So oh, maybe yeah. the hang, <laughs> the preview, yeah. That's I'm not going to go down that road anymore. So let's go with. Uh, so I don't think that Connor Hayward could necessarily just fill in for that. They'd have to bring in like a Kevin Raider, like you said. I think in one of your shows, I remember hearing that it might have been with uh, KT on Friday and the Here We Go show. So I'm just still going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. Well, fantastic. Um, you know, I, I really think Connor Hayward's a guy that uh, they will be sticking around with. And, uh, and the reason I think so is because they're going to bring in that Matt Spath type of guy and they're easy to bring in. Those are, remember, remember Matt Kranchek for a couple of years. They, they, uh, they brought in, uh, he was drafted in 2004 with Ben and he stuck around for like two or three years, Preston Gothard, if you go all the way back to the eighties, but these are guys that they like those primarily blocking tight ends as a number two. And I think that they're in, in a situation with a guy like Connor that, that they could keep him around because he's going to be Frank white for the uh, Tennessee Titans, or uh, I don't even know. He might've been around in the Tennessee Oiler days. I'm not sure. Um, not the Houston Oiler days, but he, he was around for a while so I think they really like the gadgetry that is Connor Hayward. I think that if there's one thing that's when you're talking about Zach Gentry, if there's one thing that keeps him around, it's number 88, Pat Fryermuth vouching for the guy because they're yeah. they're tight. They are very tight. I know that Meat Whip said we need Gentry as our barbecue chef. He's referring to the little segments they do, the grilling with uh, Zach and Pat, and it's weird. It's funny if you like that kind of humor, which I do. I think it's hysterical. Oh, um, I love that stuff. But it's... if Pat Fryermuth goes into Omar Khan's office and is like, "Hey, man, we got to find a way to keep him," I don't know if they'd oblige, but they might lean a little bit heavier. That way, I'm still going to go with him going elsewhere. Well, now I'm going to go ahead, and we're going to talk about Pat Fryermuth, but I'm going to go ahead and let health be an equi- in the equation on this one. Because this is a very special case. Um, so I, I want to get how you think that this is going to play out with health and even with the fact that where his play is at. And do they have to do they have to decide that they're going to use him more? The one thing I have to make sure I want to say this because I think it's important to say. And this I didn't realize this until Pat Fryer said it himself. When you talk about concussions and with Pat Fryermuth, you brought up that health could be a part of this. And I understand that Pat Fryermuth even said that I think it was his rookie year where, what do you have two or three? We thought he had two his rookie year, right? One of the things he said was how last year, and this is Pat Fryermuth, not me. Pat Fryermuth said himself last year. I only had one. He was in the protocol, but he didn't have one. And therefore, I think he ended up playing 
that week, but everyone's like, Oh my gosh, he has a concussion. If you're in the concussion, it does not necessarily mean that you're in the, that you have a, if you're in the protocol, it does not mean that you technically have a concussion. I don't think that Kenny Pickett had a concussion before the Miami dolphins game. And that's how they tested him. He was fine. And he, he didn't miss any practice. You remember that week he was able to play different story after the Ravens game in week 14, where he missed the Carolina Panthers game the following week. But I think that that's important to note. So still, you can take one away. Pat Fryermy said it, not me. I'm going by his word. I think Pat Fryermy absolutely gets a second contract. I think that uh, even with his health concerns, I think that, yeah, I think he would get a, a second contract. I kind of think he would too. Let's uh, round out the offense with the wide receivers. And so here you go with, look, we, George Pickens is the, the first guy that we want to talk about here now he could be a different situation because it might not be because of his play and it might not be because of injuries there's a lot of people that are concerned just because he is a vibrant guy and they're already lumping him in to that uh me first receiver type category which might not be fair so that's something that i do think about with wondering if uh if he's a second contract guy, if you think at heart with Pickens, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Pickens, some of the other receivers. No, but I think Pickens. Yes, for sure. All right. Deontay. I, I think this is his last deal. Is yeah. Last I, yeah. I don't think that, uh, I don't think Deontay Johnson is retained after this extension runs out unless again, it's for really, really cheap. And I don't know if any receiver in the league is into really, really cheap. So we'll say no on that. And what are your thoughts are, this could just be yes or no. Are they drafting a wide receiver in the first four rounds? This year? Yes. I have it high on my team needs list, but I think they address it in free agency, not in the draft. So I'm going to say no. So you're like me, you want a Jericho Cotri type guy. Yeah, give me a veteran that can come in and help, you know, be a little bit of a calming force in that very young room. Help help someone like George Pickens become a better route runner, the intricacies of the position. That's what I want. And they have Calvin Austin. Like you did that interview with uh, CA3. There's your technically your rookie, the, that explosiveness that you want. So I'm going to trust in, in that, and I'm going to say that uh, – uh, I'm going to say, no, they don't draft one in the first four rounds. Okay. Jeff, I want you to do me a favor, What? yell at anybody that hasn't listened to that interview. Cause I thought it was a good one. And it wasn't because of me. It was because of CA three Calvin was, I thought Calvin Austin was very, uh, upfront, you know, but sometimes when you have those interviews there, they're just giving very stock answers. They're not giving you much. Uh, I thought he was, he was a good interview. I, I was surprised cause I had never really heard him talk for an extended period of time. And so I was actually good. That was a really good interview. That was, you can hear that was at last, uh, Wednesday. Did yeah. You run that. Yeah. 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 So, so it's go. out, it's out there on the network, wherever you download your favorites, yeah. look for our logo, look for, uh, my big fat head in there. <laughs> and, and actually it's a picture of Calvin Austin, actually. So check that all out. Uh, you know what? So yeah, I do expect them to, uh, draft somebody as well. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's in the fourth round, but they always seem to be doing that and doing that. Well, we need Dave Schofield on to uh, let us know the last time that they did not draft a wide receiver in, in the draft. Because, you know, I we had the question not too long ago that how many times have they drafted two? And they do draft two a lot. Yeah. So I'd be shocked if they don't draft one. 
Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, I'm going to put this guy on the offensive side. Um, I know he's special teams, but we're not going through all of special teams. But it's a guy that I want to go ahead and bring up, and it's Chris Boswell. Yeah, I think he gets another contract. I think that Chris Boswell has proven he is consistent last year. Not his best season. Don't know how much the injury with the groin affected that. But, uh, you know, they just signed him that extension. I'm going to say yes. I Sometimes the Steelers, when was the last time they had a kicker that stuck around that long? Jeff Reed. I don't know if he's outlasted him yet. Uh, but I'm going to say that, yes, that Chris Boswell, if he, can, uh, if he continues to kick well, uh, that he'd be back. What do you think? Jeffrey came in in 2002 in like late November and then he uh, departed in uh, early November of 2010. We got Jeff Reed, excuse me, the Steelers got Chris Boswell right before week five. It was that Le'Veon Bell, uh, Michael Vick game on Monday night football where they went for it. And I think we were going back and forth with that in a pirates game. If I'm not mistaken, there was a, there was a wild card game that, that night um, for the pirates or a first round, whatever they call that in in baseball. It's been so long for the pirates. I don't even know. Um, But so, you know, you had that. So that was 2005. So I would think here, excuse me, 2015 and 2023, he's going to surpass him if he makes it uh, through the rest of the year. So he's, he's right there. So he's pretty much second to uh, that of Gary Anderson and maybe uh, Roy Jarella, who was one of the worst kickers in Steeler history, but won three Super Bowls. Um, he might have them by a few, a few games there too. So we, we'll have to take a look at that. That's uh we'll make stat geek do that. Yeah. Dave's always good for that type of stuff. All right, let's do the defensive line. And this is, this is my favorite one because a lot of people are split on this one, but this is the one that's on everybody's mind because he's the, he's one of the faces of the team. He is the, uh, when you look at heart and soul of the team, everybody's going to say Cam Hayward that knows this team. And I'm not shocked if Cam Hayward signs another deal. What does he have two years left on this deal? I think yeah, so. Th- this deal, this extension, if I'm not mistaken, was 2020. Okay, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers did a, a new deal with him. They they need to get that cap hit down, and even if it was just like a hey, let's do a two year extension. We're gonna turn a lot of your 2023 hit into a into a signing bonus. It's not gonna count towards the salary cap, and uh, we can push. We could we could push this salary down the road a little bit, create some more space this year. I don't see any reason why I would I would do that. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Cam hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. And so I, I think if they can get some more help around him, he's just going to be that more effective, can continue to do it at a high level. When you look at Calais Campbell still doing it at an old age, even though he might retire, I say, yeah, I say let's do it. There's a lot of reasons to say give Cam Hayward a two-year extension based on the fact that you want to get the salary cap down and he's still playing at a high level. All right. I'm going to lump five guys. You could go, just go. Yes. No, no. Yes. Yes. Isaiah Loudermilk. No. Tyson. Alulu. Hell, hell no. <laughs> I, knew you were gonna I say think that. he retires after this year, but yeah, no. DeMarvin Leal. Yes. Yes, I, I think they do. I, they spent a third-round pick on him. No, he was just 
their second, third, third, round. third, third round. So I, I think that yes, Leal sticks around. I think he's that type of versatile defensive piece they want. I think yes, and he, you know, Leal might just influence this next guy his status. And it's my Steeler. I, every once in a while, I get a Steeler man crush, and I had this since they signed this guy. It's Larry O. Larry Ogunjobi. He's my Steeler crush right now. I love this guy. I'm going to say I think that the Steelers are going to find a way to keep him. And so I'm going to say yes. I think he gets another contract. I hope so because I'm worried about that one. If not, then it's going to be very clear where they're going to have to go in the draft. If they don't, if they're not able to find another defensive lineman who can play the the way that the the way that Larry Ogunjobi played for the snaps that he played. Uh, th- yeah, that would be difficult. So I think if they can't land him at a decent price and a cap friendly hit for this year and maybe even next year, that's the only thing that would keep them from making that deal. I, I-, I think they're going to try their hardest. Whether it gets done, that's debatable. But uh, yeah, I- I'm going to say yes. All right. So that's the defensive line, the uh, guys that I was most concerned about. Let's go ahead. Let's go inside linebacker right now. <laughs> and a lot of this is coming in this year. Yeah. And I'm going to start out with with the uh I'm not starting out with the easy one. I'm starting out with the guy that that it drives me crazy how people are talking about Miles Jack being way too expensive. I, look, I get it. He's probably one of those guys that they look at extending. But when you throw in the B word, as a bust with miles jack i just don't see that where are you on that jeff yeah a lot of people point to like no sacks no interceptions all this stuff are there a lot of inside linebackers that have those stats i mean i don't think so um i think i don't think miles jack gets a second contract with the steelers if that's what you're asking i think he plays out this upcoming year and that's it i don't think they cut him you don't Uh, think they extend him to lessen the cap think he counts like eight million i don't think it's going to be like a make or break type thing yeah you could save some money if you cut him you could maybe give an extension i'm not uh i think they need to go younger at the position not older so i'm gonna say no i'm gonna stick with it and say that that after this year i think they keep him this year i don't think they extend him after that you know let's go to the easy one i i think this is simple we've got to say it devin bush jr no Enough said. He wants gone. <laughs> yeah, he wants they, gone. Yeah. They're not, I don't think they're going to really try to keep him either. Um, in fact, they're probably lo- leaving the uh, the stinkiest guy and, and putting him next to his locker. Just uh, <laughs> like this big, dirty lineman. They're they're going to put him next to his locker. So to, to my push guess him is on his out. locker's already cleaned out and he's <laughs> already put his house on the market. That's yeah. my guess. There you go. So spilly. I don't think that he signs at the Steelers. I view him as like a Tyler Matikavich, even though he played more snaps on the defensive side that Matikavich did. I mean, you think about what Matikavich got when he went to Buffalo. Steeler fans were thinking, what? And are you serious? Now I got him a comp pick, uh, but I, I don't think that Spillane is going to come back um, unless, again, it's another Terrell Edmonds situation where he goes out, tests the waters, doesn't pan out, comes back and the Steelers say, Hey man, we, we can, we can give you this, but it's either it's this or nothing. That's the only way he comes back in my opinion. 
All right, and this is this one's polarizing. A lot of this drives a, a lot of people crazy when I bring up this guy, and it's Marcus Allen. Oh, I thought you were going to go with uh, another safety. Uh, Allen's gone. Allen's gone. And he costs way too much money this year. For I know special teams is important. I know that there's value in special teams. I also think that special teams players are a dime a dozen. So I'm not going to pay a guy that much money to just cover uh, special teams and then to run over on the opposite side of the field and get a personal foul penalty at a key moment in the game. So I know that's just one play, boneheaded decision, but uh, I'm going to say no. All right. So this is what I'm going to go ahead. I'm Look, we're not even talking TJ Watt on this one. Uh, I I think, uh, I mean, it's easy for me. I'm probably saying yes on it. I think he is a franchise player. Um, so let's go ahead, go to the other side and it's Alex Highsmith. Mm. I, th- this is me going to have my uh, really hopeful black and gold glasses on. I'm going to say yes, but I'd, I'm not sure if uh, it's going to happen. If he continues on this trajectory, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to afford him. I want them to keep him. I hope he signs a second contract, but I just don't know if it was going to happen. You know who he kind of reminds me of, Jeff? Uh, not as a player, but the situation. It's Chad Brown to me. That's very – yeah. It, they even remind me each other of like the way they play and their demeanor as well. Yeah, actually, they do. Uh, but we don't know if Alex Highsmith posed shirtless for calendars with all of his pet snakes. Yeah, I'm like not Chad sure Brown. about that. I don't think he did that. But yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> when I heard about this, uh, the snakes, I was like, whoa, that guy's that guy's a tough dude. And <laughs> they yeah. would show all his snakes. All right. This is this is the crazy one. It, it's time to get nuts. And we're going to go to the defensive backfield. I'm going to start with uh, a, a guy that I view almost the same way as I view TJ Watt. And it's Minka. I think Minka stays as long as he wants to stay. I think that you know he, TJ, Cam, as long as they're playing at a high level, they're going to be welcome back. Uh, he His contract, obviously, is going to get him through the majority of his prime. He'll still have a lot of good years left after that. Yeah, I think you keep him. This one, this pleases me because just from one year, he went from bust, let him go, to, you know, we got to keep this guy in Pittsburgh. Uh, come on, Omar Khan. Come on, Kevin Colbert. And it was Terrell Edmonds. I wanted them to sign him last year. I didn't want him to break the bank. I understood why he tested the waters. I think he saw, and you read his quotes after the season, and he was kind of reminiscent about that, that last year saying that, you know, you just don't know how it's going to play for you. I thought he played well this season. If you're going to get Tremaine, or even go after Tremaine, can you do so without Terrell? Like, that's a question. You, you you I don't think you can. Um, so I would say he's on their priority list. And I think Demonte KZ, I know you're probably going to ask me about him next. I am, so, so do it. Um, I think KZ is their insurance policy, meaning I think that they're going to try. If they're smart, they try to lock up Edmonds and or Sutton before free agency even starts and get him a deal that they're happy with. And then if they can't, then you go after KZ uh, when that happens. So to, to go through it again, so you go to Terrell Edmonds and say, hey, we want to give you a three-year deal. It's going to make you about, I don't know, a, a grand and on average $6.5 million a year. The first year, it's only going to be like two because we have a signing bonus, blah, blah, blah. 
he says, yeah, let's do that deal. If they don't, then I think you go after KZ in a free agency and then see what happens with Edmonds. But I would like them to keep Edmonds. Is there a possibility that KZ and Edmonds remain in this team together? Or is it just one or the other? I think it's one or the other. KZ is... He, he still played well when he was healthy. He broke his arm in the preseason and was able to come back and uh, still made plays. But no one wants to be that third wheel, not on a, not on the dating scene and not on the football field. So uh, I'm going to say that, that, yeah, it's one or the other. Have you ever been that third wheel, Jeff? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, in high school, I probably was a couple I think times. I was. I think I was, too. <laughs> I, I think I was fifth wheel sometimes. Uh, let's go ahead and do this one. You already mentioned him. It's Cam Sutton. I'm pessimistic. I want him back because I've that's another guy that I've loved from the beginning. I, I've seen I, I've always seen a lot in him, but I'm really pessimistic because I really think that he's considered one of the better corners in in free agency. Yeah, and again, so at the end of the season, when you listen to what these players were saying as they were in their media availability following the game, not immediately after the game against the Browns, but when they found out they weren't going to get into the postseason, the day after on Monday they were cleaning out their lockers and stuff, and they talked to Cam Sutton, and Sutton said that the last time, and then you have to remember, he signed that deal before free agency started. This guy's never tested the waters in free agency. I think he's going to this time. I think he realizes that this might be his last his last go at getting a big deal. So he's going to he's not going to if he signs a deal before that, I'd be stunned. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. I would love for them to keep him, but I, I just don't think they will. I think someone's going to outbid him. OK, three more guys. Kella Witherspoon. No, I say D, I don't even think he plays this year. I think they cut him. All right. Levi Wallace. No, he'll play out his contract, but I don't think they bring him back. And the man that made Bobby not the best number six. It's your boy, Big Press. Big Press. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'll, I'll say yes. I think Tomlin likes him. He drafted him. He, um, again, unless you're talking uh, Daniel Sepulveda, ACLs made of duct tape, then I think he comes back. All righty. Well, hey, this was a lot of fun yeah, going through some of these players. I appreciate it, Jeff. As always, the really one of my first ever podcast experiences was with Jeff Hartman. We used to do post game together, even back in that 2016 season. So it's always a pleasure to be on with you. We still miss our buddy. We definitely miss being on with Dave, but it's always great to get one on one time with uh with jeff so i appreciate it jeff no problem i appreciate the invite and i'm glad to, to jump on whenever i can all right once again remember tomorrow we're going to have episodes of the fix the scobro show and it's all going to start off with jeffrey benedict and the cutting room floor so jeff you're gonna have to help out with this one as we close and if you listen to the show you know the close i could let you be tony and shannon and jeff just when you think you've got all the answers. I don't know the end. <laughs> you don't, you don't know. We, everybody in the live chat knows we keep changing the questions. Oh, see, so we, I'll, I'll be honest with you in the mornings when I listen to the show, I'm normally done by the time I, I listened up until that point, And then I just go to the next podcast. So I'm sorry. I never listened to the close. That's no problem. So we're going to try this again <laughs> for Jeff Hartman. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. Just when you think you've got all the answers. 
Uh, we keep changing the questions is what we do. Woo! <laughs> I don't even have the music ready. 